A Woman's Soul Restored Podcast talks about rediscovering hope, happiness, and the things that can happen in life that can take away your essence. Latanya and her guests focus on the traumas that may have made you a victim and discuss measures that can be implemented to turn your negative into victory. Topics are discussed that are hard to hear but necessary for growth, vitality, and newness in life after a trauma. Latanya has a bachelor's degree in human services with a minor in psychology. She has been the founder and president of a local nonprofit for women for almost 20 years. She is an ordained minister, a published author of several books, and she has a love for helping people. Latanya's mission is to help women understand that trauma does not define who they are, just like it did not define who she was. Helping women be healed and restored from their past trauma, sharing the stories of women that have overcame their various trials, and bringing awareness of various issues that encompass women is a standard that the podcast has embraced for the past three years. Welcome to the A Woman's Soul Restored Podcast with Latanya Y. Hendry. This is LaTanya Hendry with The Woman's Soul Restored. Today, this first of all, let me talk about last week. Let me talk about email week. Wow. Really, really, as usual, um, just an overflow of emails about email week. Uh, some people really don't understand the depth of the emails that come in and the content that's in those emails because they're not that's not reflective of their own life so they can't imagine that hurt that and trauma that someone else can go through and that they would be willing to reach out to a stranger concerning that so I'm happy that I can connect with people because when initially when I was going through my stuff, I don't know if I could have emailed someone to reach out for help or to reach out for help in general. I don't know if I could have done that. So I applaud each of you that not only send emails to me, but however you reach out for help, however you, uh, however you have talked to family or utilized loved ones to help you get through a particular journey. So I'm thankful for you all because it takes courage to do that. It took year it took years for me to end up finally talking to someone about what I was going through because it was a trust barrier there. And y'all excuse me, I'm really congested. Um, the weather down here in the south is stupid hot for November. It is hot. It was in the eighties yesterday, which would have been Monday. Today is supposed to be 78 or 79 or something like that. But the pollen, when the weather is like this, is like crazy. So I'm really congested, but I'm trying to get through uh, this intro so that I can get to, to this this week's episode. But I just wanted to commend you all for just really reaching out and got some really, really encouraging 
emails and interesting emails and I'm leaning more towards doing email week once a month I'm letting it be a separate segment on its own instead of doing it like periodically so I'm still up in the air about that but we will see also this month I think it will be the week of Thanksgiving we're going to do a food episode about the experiences that we have had with food and I'm going to have right now it's two guests it's going to be my sister that has been a guest um, twice Patricia um, Elizabeth Wiggins Plummer and then my really good friend and sister and confidant um, author and just uh, many things that she does Tamara Brown Hodges is going to be one of the guests as well and she has a um, planner out now to help with weight loss journeys and because she has done marvelous on her journey so she will be one of those guests as well and I might try to get one more person but I want that to be an episode for the week of Thanksgiving because that's usually the time when we that struggle with our weight and I'm one of those people that at the beginning of the year was 242 pounds and diabetic and um, high blood pressure was really out of control and over the course of from then till I, I think it was in around my birthday when the changes started in my physical body to to reflect the changes I did in my diet not eating a lot of sugar really eliminating sugar from my diet in general so um, right now I'm at fluctuating between 202 and 207 can't really get over that 200 uh, landmark uh, that's my goal though I've got a Planet Fitness gym membership I've been utilizing it some but I want to I really want to start going three times a week so that I can really kick it in to the next notch but I am really happy with my journey I still struggle sometimes um, I have a it's not sweets anymore because I, I really know as a diabetic I can't eat the sweets um, and I'm not to a place where I can eat a little bit of it yet because I was the type of person that would eat sweets for dinner I would eat sweets for breakfast. I, would, I saw a post that you know how Facebook do the Facebook memories. And from three years ago where I had a picture of a box of sweet tarts. And I said breakfast on the go. And one of the ladies in the organization who also was a guest. Her name is um, LaShonda Jameson. Her, her husband commented that um it was the little meme with the cat and the lady that was like aggressive and it was like big mama had the sugar and like diabetes mama had diabetes big mama had the sugars and um at that time i was like oh whatever and when i saw that memory i commented on it i was like i'm going to get you when i see you look what you did to me you spoke this on me and i was just messing with it because actually my actions throughout the years did this to me eating sweets or what have you so i want to do that episode for the week of thanksgiving and i'm going to get with Tamara and patricia and 
see how we can coordinate to um, make that happen. Probably this week, since Thanksgiving is coming up on us week after next. Go figure how quick this year has went by. So, wanted to get that out, and I wanted to also say about um, email week was just phenomenal. Everybody loves email week. I love email week as well when I get a chance to share what some of the readers, some of the listeners have an opportunity to email in about either their experiences or what the podcast does for them or what have you. So I really am leaning toward that being being more of a monthly segment. Okay. All right. For this week, I started, I joined a platform called Wisdom where um, you can have, well, you can go on as often as you want to share talks. Um, And I have only done three. I joined last week, but I I saw some people on there doing like two or three times a day (laughs) doing the talks. And really my schedule is not going to allow me to do that many, but I want to do at least nightly probably um well that's the goal right now to try to do it nightly but right now i've only done three and i did one last night about um not letting the memories of abuse consume you and that's something that is very dear to me because for years i could not move forward because i let the memories of what i had endured Uh, really almost take over my life and stagnate me so for this week it's the talk that I did last night on the wisdom platform about um, not letting the memories of abuse consume you so that's the episode for this week Um, and I may do that periodically share those talks from that wisdom platform where you can have followers and I'm building a network very quickly Um, I didn't know it was going to go that quick but I thank God for it you know any avenue to get the message out to let people know about we need to talk we need to open our mouth about the things that we have endured as far as abuse and trauma sexual trauma and domestic violence and things in that toolbox we need to really talk about it and not keep it suppressed so when y'all know the routine um get something to drink sit back and relax and just um listen to the talk from the wisdom platform with not letting the memories from abuse or trauma or what have you consume your life so after two quick breaks we'll be right back so tune in Body Beautiful is an all-natural, organic products retailer. The company has pure, unrefined shea butter, body butters, scrubs, blended body oils for men and women, specialty custom gift baskets, and so much more. The address is 1902 Clemson Street in Savannah, Georgia. 
The number is 912-550-4628. That's 912-550-4628. The products is, are also exclusively sold at Eccentric Studio One Art Gallery and Boutique, located at 309 West Julian Street in City Market in Savannah, Georgia. So, Check out Body Beautiful for all of your natural product needs. It's a great day for your body to be beautiful. The website is www.yourbodyisbeautiful.com. That's www.yourbodyisbeautiful.com. And beautiful is spelled B-E-A-U-T-I-I-F-U-L. So be sure to put those two I's in there. Visit the website the physical location, or eccentric Studio One Art Gallery to find all of Body Beautiful products Right, that's right for you. So this evening, I would like to talk about the challenges of once you've been in any kind of traumatic situation as far as a sexual situation to where those thoughts and those memories begin to consume you and take you over. And most of the time it's because the hurt was so real and that hurt begins to consume your thoughts it takes over the processes of your life and you begin to dwell on that hurt more than you dwell on your life that hurt becomes your life so when you've been raped or you've been in a domestic violence situation or abused as a child or any kind of sexual trauma it's not an easy thing to get over and most trauma isn't it's not something that's fly by night that you're just, oh, I'm well the next day and everybody expects you to smile and be okay after a certain point. But everybody's point of healing is different. And we can't expect people just to heal overnight. We can forgive, but that healing, forgiveness is a part of healing, but that healing is a totally different process. And the more that God touches your heart and heals you, you will not let that hurt consume you. But I'm just going to tell you all this. When pain, that deep inner pain, hits you, it hits differently because you may even want to be better. You may want to be okay. But because of the manner of the hurt, it's hard to say, well, I'm going to bounce back from this immediately or I'm going to take this amount of time and then after so many days or so many weeks I'm going to be okay no because the memories of what happened to you when you start getting those flashes of the event or the occurrence that will pull you back into a negative space so mentally we may want to get over something but because internally we hold that emotion in us And when we begin to think or when we sit alone or when we're by ourselves or when we get ready to go to bed, we start feeling this emotion coming on and we begin to think about it. And 
some people dwell on it. I know for years it it, it kept me bound because I couldn't get past what had happened to me. I was raped um, when I was pregnant and I was left under the house for dead. So for years that consumed me and that was before my memory came to me a few years ago that I was abused as a child. So I think if everything was hitting at the same time, because I did try to commit suicide on twice, two different occasions. But I think if everything was happening at the same time, if I did remember that I was abused as a child, that I almost got raped by a cousin when I was around 11 or 12, that I got actually raped, stabbed in my stomach when I was pregnant with my daughter and almost died. I had to have her at seven months and both of us were in critical condition. That I went through domestic abuse with her father from the age of 16 to the age of like 21 or 22. I went through an abusive marriage at the age of 30, in my early 30s. So a variant of things went on in my life that could really have took me over the edge. But because I have, as I got older, I developed not a partial relationship with God or even a carnal one, but a true relationship with God to where I prayed and asked God to heal me because it got to the point where I was hurting other people that wasn't even bothering me. I was a very mean person. I was mean-spirited. I didn't like others to be happy around me because I was miserable. The things that had happened to me made me miserable. And every night when I went to sleep, that's all I could see was those memories, that those things that had happened to me. But it wasn't until 2009, 2017, 2015, 2017 that I remembered the memory started coming back to me that I was molested by my step-grandfather and that's when I think that I really if I did not have a relationship with God I would have went into a tailspin because during that time I had written my first book and it was with this company called Tate Publishing they picked my book up um, I had to pay them a whole lot of money but they were willing to do the advertising, the marketing, everything that needed to be done, the promotions to get my book off the ground. And they, they did what they said they was going to do up to a certain point. But what ended up happening is I did not get my residuals. And that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But in the midst of me going through that with that company, and this was a 20 year old company a Christian-based company that took advantage not only of myself, but thousands of writers. And we had to end up going to court just to get the rights back to our books. But in the midst of going through that with that first book, and I ended up doing a second edition because I believe the first edition is still on Amazon. If you put it in, that book will still come up, and there's really nothing I can do about that. So I do want to tell that story on this platform at one point. But I want to talk about those memories of abuse because during that time when God brought that memory back to me about what happened to me as a child, I was going through that process with the book. I had been duped out of thousands of dollars, which at some points now I still, 
you know, have to ask God to help me get past it because some financial woes I have went through since then was because I kind of didn't do my due diligence with this company and research like I should have. So, but in the midst of going through that financially with this company and not getting the residuals from my book, which it did very well um, on Amazon and on other platforms, I didn't get anything. I got my first royalty check for 400 and, and I think it was some odd $56 or something like that. And I was excited because I was like, this is my first book. This this big publishing company picked me up and I, I got overly excited. And because I got overly excited as a first time author, I did not do my due diligence. And I really probably tomorrow night I would get on and talk about that because that was really a traumatic experience but in the midst of going through that I ended up getting this memory of what happened to me as a child and it really I shut down I shut all the way down because I didn't know I cried I fell apart I had I have a non-profit here in Savannah and the ladies really surrounded me with love and my family really surrounded me with love because if it weren't for them, I don't know how I would have got through that if it wasn't for God using them to help heal me of that memory and of everything I was going through because I was broken at that time. And I got the memories. I started seeing this little girl and this old man and the things he was doing to her and all through, because I always had that dream. And all through the years, I thought it was something I witnessed with one of my cousins and stuff or something, not knowing it was me. So the book is called A Window Without a View because for years I was seeing this little girl and all the trauma that she was experiencing as a child, thinking it was something that I witnessed with one of my cousins and I couldn't remember which cousin it was when in actuality it was me. But God held that memory from me because if I had went through that in that moment when I was going through everything else and experiencing everything else, I would not have made it. And if somebody wants to jump on and join this conversation, please feel free to because it's, we need to start talking about this. And that's why I started the podcast about sexual trauma and abuse and getting past rape and getting past domestic violence because it's supposed to be taboo you, we know it happens but we're not supposed to talk about it but the only way to heal from something is to talk about it whether you talk to a counselor whether you talk to a psychiatrist family a spouse but you do need to talk to someone because that hurt only manifests when we sit on it and when we think we've passed it You'll be surprised when it shows up, when it pops up, when it becomes overwhelming to where in moments where you would be quiet, you're screaming at the top of your voice because you don't know why these images keep coming in your head. We have to have an outlet to let that stuff go because if we don't let it go, it's going to consume us. It's going to take over our lives. And the only thing we're going to be able to focus on is that hurt, that trauma, that abuse, that pain, whatever it is that's sending us in a tailspin 
that's the only thing we're going to be able to focus on if we don't address it if we don't talk about it if we don't find an avenue to vent sometimes all we just need is someone to listen to us and when i have my guest on my podcast because most times i'm doing commentary but probably two episodes out of four during the month i have a guest on because i want to keep a balance and most of the time some of these women are just sharing their stories for the first time and just to get it out you know just for somebody to be able to hear and not give them feedback or not give them criticism or not question them about why they did whatever they did or or how could they have let this happen sometimes you just need somebody to listen to what you're saying so that you can get that heaviness off of you and so it won't consume you but if you have nobody to talk to if you're just in this place where your memories are, are, are becoming your reality and that's when it gets scary when the memories are so prevalent in our lives until it's almost like we're living in that moment again and whatever we're thinking about is actually happening that's when we really need to seek outside help because not saying that you're crazy because I know from experience because it happened to me it was like the things that I had already lived I would think about them and seem like I would be right back in that period of time or right back in that space like I'm waking up from a still dream or a dream where everything is moving in slow motion but is is sometimes most of the times it was just a thought if i'm sitting down quietly you know getting ready to read a book or something and most of us will sit down and have that moment of like stillness where we're thinking of something and we, we we're thinking but we're not really thinking if that's a way to put it but we think and not really think to the point where the thing that we're thinking about will take you to other thoughts one thought would lead to another thought and I was doing that often before I really seek God for my physical healing as well as my emotional healing and my spiritual healing because at that time I was trying to walk close to closely with God and just really couldn't because those memories were prohibiting me from doing the things that I wanted to do it was withholding me from my children it was on my job I couldn't really function like I wanted to it it was it it was a horrible time and it was a painful time because in your mind when you're going through that it's like nobody understands what I'm going through I'm going through this situation and it's just me by myself not knowing that is women and men all over not only the United States I have my podcast is heard in 12 different countries and I do have only women on my on my podcast but I get emails weekly about the different traumas that men and women go through children women writing trying to see how can they get help for their children and if it's somebody not local i've built a network to where i can refer somebody out if it's not somebody that i can help right here or somebody that needs more than a zoom counseling because some issues we can't think when we're in that space of helping people we can't think is the meaning of us or says something about us if we can't help them in that area 
it's best to outsource and make sure that they get the help instead of trying to coat and soothe our ego. Your ego is fine. You shouldn't have one anyway because the goal is to help people. But I know people that do that. They'll try to tackle an issue that they have no clue about and not think about the person that that really matters and, and that is that person that has come to you for help. It doesn't mean that you have to be the one to help them. It means that either you seek help out, you do your research, you research in different cities where that person is and see what kind of help is available for them. And you might be thinking, well, that's something they can do themselves. Well, depending on their emotional state and depending on what they've been through, if this is a woman running from her husband that has beat her in front of her children or even if her children didn't see her get beat, those children know what's going on in that house. You may think they're sleeping when they're not sleeping. You may think they don't hear when they do hear. But those children know what's going on in that house. And if that mother is dealing with that, or even if she's not a mother, even, even if she's just a woman that has went through hell with her husband. Yeah, I'm a minister, and I said hell. I'm not going to get much more than that because I'm not a cursor anymore. But sometimes people go through hell here on earth. And I don't know the realms of what hell is, but some people have went through some stuff. And when you go through that, the last thing on your mind is going through Googling help or trying to go through the yellow pages. If people even use yellow pages anymore, I think we use Yelp and some other um, venues to get information. But that's the last thing on your mind. You want to be safe. If you have children, you want your children to be safe. If you are running from your spouse, you want them to not be able to find you. If you have been raped, you are dealing with that memory of if it's nighttime because for, for years I did not, and it wasn't nighttime when my rape occurred, but I would not go out at night. I did not look at shows that had rape scenes in it because it was a trigger for me. So we have to get to a point to where the memories of whatever we went through does not take your life over. It does not become a determining factor in who you are. It does not take your essence away from you. It does not demean or make you feel any kind of way about yourself because when these occurrences happen, it's not your fault. And I hate it when people say, well, look at what she had on or look at the company she was with or if she was date raped, she should have known the guy who she was with. That is the wrong approach. And that's why a lot of women do not come forward because they have heard those things that people say about how she's dressed or if she does not lead an ideal lifestyle that she was asking for that or that she invited that. Nobody wants to be raped. Nobody wants to be beaten or abused or any of that. But when you do go through that, that memory stays with you for a while. That thought of what happened to you or especially if it's something that reoccurred often, that's just something that's not going to fade away in the wind. So we have to have mechanisms in our toolbox to help us cope and not let it take over who we are because whoever you were before that rape or before you met that person and got in that domestic situation in that relationship that person is still there but it's layers that have to be peeled away 
before you can get back to her or him but the thing is you might even be better than that person that was there before once you realize and deal with the feelings that comes along with that trauma that emotion that that makes you cry when you think about it or makes you angry or makes you want to scream you can't suppress that you have to be able to do that I told my husband years ago when I would when I got out out of my domestic situation with my first husband my second husband is somebody I, I knew before I got married we have my youngest son is his son so we had history but after I went through the domestic situation with my ex-husband I told my current husband it's gonna be days when I need to just scream and it's nothing you have done it's just an emotion that if I feel like I need to scream I need to get that out and at that time I knew nothing about counseling I knew nothing about self-healing or or none of that I just knew that if I wanted to scream I should be, be able to scream but I need to let my husband know what I was screaming about if I need to cry I needed him to know that it was nothing he did but I needed to get some things out so it's important that we communicate with the people in our lives and our loved ones what we're going through when my children were old enough I told them my experiences when I the memory came back about the rape that occurred I let them know about that my sons really did not want to hear about that because I'm their mom and they don't want to think about that their mom was hurt like that but I was I was more than hurt I was just left under a house like I was trash like I was just disposed disposable and I was showing I was seven months pregnant so this predator this perpetrator knew that I was pregnant and I have cut marks on my stomach that's you know if you look at them you would think it's stretch marks but if you look at them it's more deeper than stretch marks and you know it's something else and for years I would not when I would shower or when I would wash I would not look at my stomach I would you know do what I needed to do but I would not look down because just those scars triggered memories and even now that's that was years ago I'm 55 now so we we're talking about 40 years ago my daughter's 38 so 39 years ago when this happened 30 years ago when this happened um it just still now thinking about it talking about it it still triggers an emotion I don't fall apart like I used to I don't curl up in the bed for days like I used to back then because I did not have the tools to deal with that it was just a lot and it was heavy now I know how to I have a moment I may cry I may shed a tear I may ask God in a moment to help me you know deal with this moment but it is it's like we have to realize who we are and the depths of what we could deal with the memories of whatever it is that we need to be healed from and the more we accept that yeah I'm still hurting I need to do more to get healing I need to do I need to read I need to reach out to somebody that I can talk to I need to write because at this point I've written five books on various subjects and and writing has been 
therapeutic for me along with um, writing poetry as well so if I sit down and just get with my thoughts and just write out I know the third book I did the fourth book I did I wrote that book at four days and it's 131 pages and it's not just stuff I wrote down about a trauma that myself and my husband was going through and right when the onset of COVID and for our anniversary I was not at home because the things we were going and it wasn't wasn't anything domestic but when you've been with someone for so long if you don't know how to refresh that marriage to keep it rejuvenated you lose it so we had to come back to ourselves and discover that love that we had for one another and but during that time when I wrote that book I was so full of words and emotions and wanted to get everything out to where I could be able to help somebody else that was going through a marriage that seemed like it was about to come to an end because at that point we were married 18 years so and we known each other, like I said before then, because our son together is now 29 years old. So we have history, a lot of history, and we had grown apart. And even with that, with growing apart, when I was not with him, the words that he would say to me at some times, and he said the same thing, the words that I said to him hurt, cut him to the core. And as a man, some men, you know, they're not going to let you talk to them any kind of way. And I'm in a different headspace now, but I was debating him and I realized that I was doing that and it didn't bother me. I just did it because we were at a place to where the hurt was taking over the marriage. The hurt was all through the house. The house did not feel like a house. It was just a place to where we lived at. But we're healed. We're okay now. The last book was about how God healed our marriage, and um, which is a beautiful thing because we are acting like teenagers, and I'm just going to leave that right there. But the things that he said to me during those times that we said to one another brought trauma to each of us. And during that time when we were separated, before I laid down to go to sleep, I would hear those words that he would say to me. And it brought me hurt and pain and just emotions that I really had a difficult time dealing with. But I thank God for the pastor we had at the time, which has passed on now. She passed on uh, December of 2020. But she really helped us get through that time spiritually with giving us not only scripture, but she gave us life experiences that her and her husband went through before he passed away. So it was good to have somebody to talk to, somebody that could relate to what we were going through as husband and wife. But the trauma of that and the memories of even now, you know, we tell each other daily before he leaves out because he's a truck driver. He just left out for work a little while ago. I tell him I love him and to drive safely and to make sure he comes back to me. Whenever we're leaving one another, we tell each other, I love you. Because if anything happens, I don't want that to be a thought. Like I didn't even tell my husband I loved him before he left out, and now he's not coming back. And I know he doesn't want that for me. God forbid if something were to happen and we're mad and angry at one another and we didn't get to say those words that are so important in a relationship or in a marriage. But even saying that, a part of the reason why our marriage was the way it was is because I wasn't healed 
from some things with my own stuff. And when I would lay down next to him, it seems like he was a predator, even though he wasn't. This man has never physically done anything to me. We've argued, as most married people do, especially when we had been with each other for years and years. Yeah, we have argued, but he's never physically put his hands on me. But in my thoughts, it was like I was laying next to the person that had done whatever was done to me. And I knew I needed healing. I knew I needed to, because those thoughts were taking over. Those thoughts were more prevalent in my life than my actual life was. I could be sitting and I would start thinking of things that I should not have been thinking of. The things that I thought I was healed of. But now that I know I'm healed because I'm able to talk about it and not break down and cry. I'm able to reflect and able to go around and, and give talks and um, encourage people and empower people with what I've been through and not break down and cry while I'm giving those talks or giving those speeches. So if you're dealing with any kind of trauma, dealing with sexual abuse or just abuse in general because abuse is real and depression is real and suicide is real and those things that we kind of if you haven't gone through it you may dismiss it and say oh well that's just you know whatever you know if you get if she got raped you know she should be able to get over that and that's where we are failing each other as people as our loving our brothers and sisters and being concerned about the things that they're concerned about and if their heart is hurting then our heart should be hurting and when they feel joy we should feel joy and it's a we're living in a society where it's me 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 it's all about me and if me and my house that i live in is okay then i'm not worried about anything else Whereas back in the day, those people, they would look out for the whole neighborhood. They would know if somebody was hungry because somebody would go tell somebody else and they took care of one another. So it's a lot that we need to do as a people, as a a generation that's preparing the next generation. We have to realize some things ourselves. We have to realize some things about ourselves and that if we don't get this right, the next generation is going to be I'm not going to say they already messed up you see signs of things but I'm not going to say they already messed up because it's it's always hope it's always hope for a better it's always hope for a positive outcome so I'm going to say if if we don't get this right if my generation if we don't straighten up and be concerned with more than about us when we when we're healed we're not worried about if our brother or sister is okay if we don't get this right we're screwed just point blank we're screwed so this was my talk for this evening about the memories of abuse and not letting them take over your life don't let them consume you don't let them become a determining factor in your life So if you would like to catch the podcast, it's called A Woman's Soul Restored. It is on Apple, Spotify, um, many platforms. And if you would like to be a guest, message me and let me know. I'm always looking for 
guests that have a story pertaining to the subject matter that unfortunately I am so familiar with. So my name is Latanya Hendry and with A Woman's Soul Restored. And you all have a blessed night.